Welcome back to the Financial Zero to Hero podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to move your small business forward. This show provides you with the ability to understand the financial aspects of your business, as well as the lifestyle aspects so many of us ignore. Along the way, I will also explore the scary world of fraud and how it affects your life. And in between all the business stuff, I will jump into a lighter subject, what I call the sports that don't love you back. My name is Steve Hubland, and I am your host. So sit back and enjoy the broadcast as I start your journey from financial zero to a financial hero. Hello, everyone. In this episode, I'm going to go over what I call the top accounting action needed to keep work coming in. Now, that is a very long sentence, and I just realized how long it was as I read it out loud. But what I mean by accounting action is I'm going to go over some items that I'm not talking about debits and credits, you know, the, you know, here, let's record this transaction and you know how to record this and so on and so forth. I'm not talking about that type of uh, accounting. Now that's important for your business. Don't get me wrong. Debits and credits are, are very important for your business. But what I'm talking about are certain items that are kind of quote housed off balance sheet or, or off the, the financials, but allow you to be able to manage your company and, and more importantly, allow you to be able to keep more work coming in. Again, we're all business owners out there and we always want to keep work coming in because without work, you know, we, we don't exist. So, the three main areas that I want to go over in these accounting actions are a pipeline report, forecast, and cash flow analysis. Now, the first item, pipeline. Now, I'm not talking about a natural gas pipeline or oil pipeline or, or the pipe that's coming from the street to your house. What I'm talking about is, um, and if you ever did construction or worked in the construction industry, um, they would call it a backlog. What I'm talking about is how much sales or potential sales do you have out there that um, may become new revenue to your business? Well, if you have a salesman or your sales staff, um, I guarantee you, you know, knowing how the, the mentality is for salespeople is they are going to give you the pie in the sky um uh, description of what they have in their future book of business, you know, their future sales. Um, they are, they have the mentality that every single potential sale they're going to close. Well, let's get back to reality. That's not going to happen. So first thing you need to do, um, even if the salesperson is just you and not, you don't have a sales staff is you want to know what is your conversion rate on brand new work? Now, I'm talking about uh, customers, potential customers that have never done business with you before. Whether you sell a product or service, they've never done business with you before. I would kind of think of it as cold calls type customers. What is your conversion rate on those type customers? So think about it um, this way. If you had 10 potential people, 10 potential brand new customers, that wanted to come and do business with you, but you've got to sell your business. How many of those do you get? Do you get one, two, three, four? 
most people get about one or two. If you get more than two, you are a rock star and you need to start teaching classes. Um, but usually a conversion rate for brand new customers is about 10 to 20%. And 20% sometimes is even on the high, high side. Now, what's your conversion rate for current customers that you're selling an additional service or product to? You know, so these are people that already know your product, they know your service, and they know your, you know, what you do, they're familiar with you. How much can you convert when you upsell them or sell additional service? How, what's your conversion rate on that? So again, back to our example, 10 people, you know, these are 10 current customers. You know, what, what's your conversion rate for getting them to do or purchase another service? Um, an example I'll give is landscaping. So in the landscaping business, and and I'm here in Colorado, and during the winter time, you know, you always have to blow out your your lines on your lawn, you know, because all our our irrigation lines are underneath the ground, and you have to blow them out before the winter hits. Because if you don't, the ground when the ground freezes, the pipes will burst, and then in the spring you'll have a nasty mess all over the place, and it's just a pain in the butt. So. A prudent person always has their their uh, irrigation lines blown out um, in the fall. Well, if you're in landscaping business and you do work for your customers, and by doing work I mean, you know, they mow the lawn. You mow the lawn every week. Maybe you apply some fertilizer. You know, you know, every other month, what have you. You know, you do the weeding. You know, those are your normal services. If you don't have the service to go and blow the lines out uh, come the fall and you go and you propose to the, the prospective customer and say, hey, you know, you know, I, I noticed you need to have those lines blown out. You know, I'll bring my compressor and we'll blow it out because I know your system because I'm here every week so on and so forth. What is that conversion rate? You know, you know, in that particular instance, that's another upsell or another service that they're offering their current customer. So for your business, what is something that you upsell or, or product or accessory, what have you? What's your conversion rate? You know, is it, if you had 10 people, is it five people, six people, seven people? Um, most of the time, it's about what you see, you know, normally is, is about 50%. Now, every industry is a little different when it comes to upsells of products or service. So um, that percentage may be a little different but once you know what that is and, and you're probably going to know for your industry for your business what your conversion rate is so now that you know what your conversion rates are so back to our example we're going to say for brand new uh, customers it's a 10 percent conversion rate and for established customers it's a 50 percent conversion rate okay so now we've got those two numbers now what you want to do is get an excel worksheet and yes, I'm an accountant, and Excel is like every day I open up an Excel document, so I apologize. But if you don't like Excel, you can open Google Sheets, and it'll do the same thing. Have two columns on your worksheet. One column for new customers, one column for established customers. Now, you want to put in what is the total amount of sales that if you converted 100% that's out there, what is your conversion or what is that dollar amount? And for our example, we're going to say it's $100,000. So we have, we've got 10 customers out there. Um, each customer, you know, 
they're varying amounts, but their total revenue that you may realize if you got 100% conversions is $100,000. So now, let's say on our um, current existing clients that we're doing upsells to, again, let's just keep our numbers simplistic. Let's say that's also 100,000. If we had 100% conversion, we all the stuff in the pipeline that we have, if we converted everything, it'd be $100,000. Okay, so now put those numbers above each of those columns. Now, because we know what our conversion rate is, so for our new customers, it's 10%. And so 10%, you know, we have 100,000 out there, but in reality, we're only going to get 10% is what we realize. So we're estimating we're going to get, truly get $10,000. Now, for your established customers, $100,000, we're going to say we only convert 50% of the time. So 100,000, 50%, that's $50,000. So now we take those two columns, and those two numbers we just calculated and we add those together to get $60,000. And you want to do this for about two months, three months max, you know, looking forward, looking out there. Because once you get past three months forward, it's it's really hard to calculate a, an accurate conversion percent. So you want to keep it about two to three months um, in there. So now we're saying our future work that we're probably going to bring in is $60,000. So then we need to look at and say, do I have enough material on hand if it's a product? Or do I have enough employees on hand to be able to service this much work if it all comes in as you know, based on your calculation? And so that's what a pipeline report does is it helps you calculate it. Now, it does the opposite as well. If you don't have a whole lot of sales in place and you know you have a bunch of fixed expense coming up in the next two, three months, but you know that in your pipeline, it's all new new customers. Well, let's say you have to bring in a minimum of $70,000. Uh, well, no, let's say you have to bring in a minimum of $30,000 um, within the next two months to keep everything up and running uh, in your business. And if you only convert 10% and you only have 100,000 in the pipeline, that 100,000 may sound, seem like a rosy number, but if you're only converting 10% of that on new customers, that means you've got to bring in that much more customers just to get to that 30,000. So that's the other part of a pipeline report is not only do you use it to say if you need to order more product or hire more employees, but also conversely, do I need to get out and I need to beat the streets more and bring in more sales, potential sales, because I'm not going to convert 100% of all my sales. So that's the beauty and importance of the pipeline report. Now the next item, forecasts. Now I know some of you probably just rolled your eyes and you want to skip forward through all this, but forecasts are very, very important. Uh, if you've listened to my podcast on financial levers, you'll understand that a forecast um, is extremely important, almost as important, if not more important than budgets. So a real quick summary you know, on forecast versus budgets. A budget is a destination and a forecast is how you're going to get there. Or if you think geographical terms, let's say you're going to, you want to go to Las Vegas. That's your budget. That's your destination. How you're going to get to Las Vegas is your forecast. That's your map on how you're going to get to that particular area. Um, another 
way to think about it is the budget is your goal and your forecast is how you're going to get, you know, the driving map to how to get to that goal. So why are forecasts important in keeping work or, or keep work coming in? Forecasts help you identify issues that come up that you can adjust to um, that you don't have to tent, put a bunch of your time into um, you know, curing a, an expense that came up that you weren't expecting type situation. So with forecast, now I know some of you may hear the word forecast and get overwhelmed by that term, but if you break it down in, in its, its small little chunks, it's kind of like that, you know, that quote, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's kind of how you do forecasts. If you're not familiar with it, just take it one step at a time and you'll be able to build one. So forecasts, you want to understand what the trends are in your expenses. And in particular, you want to be able to do what's called a regression analysis. Now, I don't expect you to be able to do the formula for regression analysis. Heck, I can't even do that. Um, I'm an accountant. I'm not a mathematician. I cheat. I use Excel. Now, in Excel, there's actually videos online on YouTube that shows you how to use the regression analysis function in Excel. And what it does is it looks at the trends in your expenses. So in order to properly use it, you need at least, uh, definitely need 12 months worth of data more if you can get, if you have, if you've been in business longer, um, of your expense categories. And by months, I mean each month, you know, January, February, March, April, May, so on and so forth, um, of the expenses of those respective categories. Excel will do a regression and say, how are these expenses going to um, uh, function over time based on your um, historical trends? And um, like I said, in YouTube, there is video after video that shows you how to go through that process. So don't go get overwhelmed and, and you can kind of go through it. And what it does is it'll help you identify, okay, hey, you know what? In July, August, my expenses tend to spike and my sales go down. Well, do I have enough cash available to keep going? Because remember, to keep work coming in, uh, think of that that st- that saying: you have to spend money to make money. Well, if you you're, you're spending all your money on your expenses, you're not able to spend your money. And by expenses, I mean just operating expenses or admin expenses. If you're spending money there, you're not able to spend money on marketing or if you do online SEO or, or what have you, um, digital agency type work, you're not able to do that. So that's what a forecast will do. So let's think of my example earlier about Las Vegas. You know, because I'm in Colorado, I've driven to Las Vegas many a times. And to get to Las Vegas from where I'm at, you drive all the way through the state of Utah, and then you drive all the way straight down, um, you know, or or south um, down towards Las Vegas, you know, Mesquite to Las Vegas. And if you're driving along the highway, you're going to Las Vegas, and all of a sudden there is a huge traffic jam, and the the interstate's going to be closed for hours, but you need to get to Las Vegas. You need to figure out how to detour around that so you can go you know, find some sort of side road or, or, or frontage road to get around it so you can keep going on your journey. That's what a forecast does for your business is you may get to a point where, oh, heck, I, if I can't figure this out, um, I'm not going to get to my goal of you know 1 million or 100,000 or whatever you want your net outcome to be. 
that's what the forecast does is it gives you that map on how to get around to it. But if you're not doing it, you don't know that there's a traffic jam coming up that you need to be able to detour around. Also, in your forecast, you want to be able to understand the impacts of economic and political environment. So if there's a, a tariff or there's a civil war in the country next to the country that you buy from, and by countries I'm, I'm saying outside of the United States, if there's you know some sort of civil unrest or what have you, how can you react to that? And you can build that into your forecast. Now, for those of you who, um, again, you know, here they excel, regression analysis, and you still say, whoa, that timeout, that is way, that is not what I want to do. You can actually contract with a virtual CFO to have them either one, do a one-time project of building a forecast for you. So they can build the forecast, put it into a template, and then you can kind of continue on from that standpoint. Or if it, the other stream is you can just hire a virtual CFO to be able to go through and um, manage the forecast for you every month. And it's important that you update your forecast every month. Again, this is your map to where you want to go. And then the last item, cash flow analysis. Now, I know many of you have been beaten over the head with you need to do a cash flow analysis, but it truly is important um, because, again, to keep work coming in, you have to spend money to make money, you know, again, whether it's on marketing or, or you know, bringing in the new product or R&D, what have you. But you can't spend money if you don't have it. And so you need to make sure you do a cash flow analysis. And the easier one is the day's cash in bank. How many days of cash do you have in the bank that's, you know, if you were to stop bringing in cash altogether, how many days could you keep your business running without bringing in one extra dollar? So that's an important measure metric that you want to have. The other thing you want to understand is what is your burn rate, your cash burn rate? You know, again, this kind of goes hand in hand with the day's cash in Vegas. What's your burn rate on your cash um, as you're going through a process? And usually you get concern of burn rate if you're having losses. So you want to be able to understand that. But lastly, you want to understand how much cash is tied up in some of my current asset, current liabilities. And this this um, recommendation is more for those of you who have a production. You build a product, an inventory product. How much do you have tied up in inventory? You know, inventory is great. You know, you have that piece of steel or plastic or what have you, transistor. How much cash is tied up in there? Because if you think about just the very simplistic journal entry for on the actual accounting side for when you buy inventory, it is you credit cash, so you reduce cash, and you debit inventory, so you increase inventory. So always think about your inventory as that's cash tied up, you know, sitting there in your, you know, in your bookshelf or in your warehouse or wherever you have your inventory sitting. Your AR is also cash tied up. People owe you money, but they haven't paid you yet, so you have cash sitting there. Uh, and, then, and then conversely, your account's payable. If you haven't paid your account's payable, that's future cash that you have to present out. Now, if you've ever applied for a line of credit, the banker will usually do a calculation um, because when you apply for a line of credit, they don't just randomly, arbitrarily say, uh, well, we're going to give you $100,000. We're going to give you 200000 
what they'll do is they'll truly calculate how much cash do you really need. And by that, they go through and they calculate how much cash is tied up in inventory, AR, AP, so on and so forth. So if you've ever applied for a line of credit, your banker has done that type calculation. It doesn't hurt for you to ask them if they can you know, give you that to you because then you can backtrack and calculate through there. If you don't, side, uh, kind of a side note, if you don't have a line of credit and you're saying to yourself, I don't need one, you really should consider getting one um, because when you don't need a line of credit, it's the easiest time or it's the best time to get one from a banker. However, when you need a line of credit, you're desperate, you're probably not going to be able to get it from a banker. Now, I actually have a, a separate standalone class at my hovelandfinancialsecrets.com where I go over just the line of credit, and I've actually built a template for how to calculate how much cash you have tied up. The template's mainly designed for how much line of credit do you need to consider you know, uh, procuring, but you can actually use it for how much cash do I have tied up in my inventories, and how do I need to circumvent, or not circumvent, how do I need to consider my cash flow needs going forward. Again, understanding how much cash you have tied up and how much cash you have available will help you identify how to keep work coming in. Because again, if you run out of cash, you're not going to be able to bring in work unless you just so happen to have a bunch of people that come in your door um, because you need to advertise, whether it's internet or, you know, local newspaper or television or radio, you know, depending on what your product, whatever it is, somehow you need to get the word out. Um, because, you know, there's that saying, you know, you can have the best product in the world, but if nobody knows about it, you'll never sell it. But if you have a, kind of a medium product, but everybody knows about it, you'll probably sell that more than the person with the best product. So, so those are the, the big items. Again, to recap, pipeline, calculate your pipeline, make sure you break it down between your conversion rates on new business versus established business forecast get your forecast put together so that you can react to any kind of you know bumps that come up in the road again if that if a forecast intimidates you you can actually hire a CFO a virtual CFO to do a one-time project to build one for you or you can hire them to continuously uh, manage again my uh, virtual CFO firm at hubandforensic.com. We do both of those as well, but most virtual CFO firms will actually do that for you. And then cash flow analysis. Determine what your cash flow analysis is and where you have your cash tied up. Because again, if you start running out of cash, it's hard to keep work coming in. So, so again, I hope those uh, three items were beneficial to you, and I look forward to um, talking to you again on the next broadcast. Thank you. At the close of today's show, I want to remind you of my free Small Business Money Moves course. At HublinFinancialSecrets.com, I go over important concepts regarding how to make your business more efficient and ultimately have your business work for you. The topics I cover are how to make a profit without working harder. Remember, we all want to work smarter, not harder. Next subject is how to autopilot your business. There are items in your business that can be automated, and I go over some of them that kind of help spark that idea of what can you automate. And then finally, how to keep the money you make in your business. And we touch base on the cash reserves, budgeting, and expenses. Are they earning their rent in your business? These free courses can be found 
around at HovlandFinancialSecrets.com. Again, that's H-O-V-L-A-N-D FinancialSecrets.com. Simply enter your email address and you'll have access to the course and start sparking ideas in your business. Again, that website's HovlandFinancialSecrets.com. I thank you for your time and I hope you have a great day.